Uh, thank you, Simon, for the recap. So last two Bible studies, uh, we reflected on different things. And uh, last week, we talked about Moses and Moses' reluctance. Uh, and Moses' reluctance and Pharaoh's reluctance today are quite different. So I want you to discuss together uh, what is the difference between Moses' reluctance and Pharaoh's reluctance? And today when you look at Moses, he's a very different man from last week. Last week, Moses continuously, several times, he said, I can do it. He cannot respond to the call easily. But today, he was strong, uh, confronted uh, Pharaoh without any fear. He was very different. What changed him? So I want you to reflect on uh, those two questions first on Moses. And let us look at Pharaoh now. Pharaoh at that time, during that time, God, there was no such thing as monotheistic God, the God that controls the universe, like one God who rules the whole world and the universe. There was no such concept. There were many, many different gods. God of rain, God of fertility, God of this and God of that. Even during Paul's time in Athens, there were so many gods, but there was one God, uh, there was no name. Because just in case we missed uh, some God. So uh, they, they had a kind of uh, uh, this uh, statue for that un, unknown God. So eh, for everything, uh, they had a God. And also emperors were God. So every city, Roman colonies, every city had this, these altars and then uh, temples. Uh, within which uh, they uh, worshipped uh, Pharaoh, uh, the, the emperor. So emperor worship was big. And so Pharaoh also thought of himself as God. And then he built that system. And then today's uh, section 7 to 11 shows that he's God without any power, who has no ability. And it shows who has true authority. Pharaoh's uh, staff symbolized Pharaoh's authority, but Moses' staff uh, swallowed up Pharaoh's uh, staff. That shows who has more power and authority. 
the Pharaoh built kingdom where he ruled uh, the order. He created certain order, but that system itself was very oppressive. It is good for them, but it was very oppressive to some others. And these plagues, disasters, they kind of destroy uh, that order, bring chaos into that order because that order itself, that system itself is destructive, oppressive, and the life, it taking away life rather than giving life. So it is a system that is destructive of life. And when Jesus came, he saw the same thing. There was a system, religious system, spiritual system, but this system was oppressive. It uh, destroyed uh, some people's lives. So Jesus said, do not think, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. That's what Jesus said, because it was oppressive and destructive. Sometimes disasters uh, do that in our life too. We create our own order. We create our own system. When that system is not good, sometimes life's tragedy comes and destroys. And we realize what we thought of as important. And Pharaoh continuously resists to change. The more disaster came, the more Pharaoh became hardened. The word hardened heart itself is not necessarily a bad word. Very strong-willed. That's what it means. But I want you to discuss together. I already gave you two questions. I want you to uh, discuss uh, this. What is being solid and firm? And what is being hardened? What is the difference between those two? When you look at your own lives, when are you firm and solid? When are you hardened, hardened hearted? And also hardened heartedness does not manifest itself always in the way Pharaoh manifested. It can be manifested in different ways. I want you to discuss together, how does hardened heart Display self in different ways in your life, in people's lives. And how do we overcome our hardened heartedness?
Moses showed a lot of miracles. But first miracles, like turning staff into snake and turning Nile water into blood and then bringing uh, frogs. Moses uh, did these miracles, but their magicians, Egyptian magicians did the same thing. So Pharaoh's, heart, Pharaoh's did not believe that it was God. But interesting thing is, the magicians did the same thing as Moses did, but they added more problem. They uh, added more frogs. They added the water more into uh, blood. So they did not really help uh, Pharaoh. They just made the problem worse. And that's how we do it many times. We think that we have solution, but we don't have solution. We make problem deeper. We know how to create weapons, but we don't know how to get rid of weapons. We create more problems, but we don't know how to solve the problems. But from the fourth uh, plagues, the magicians cannot do it. But continuously, Pharaoh was hardened hearted. And then almost to the end, Pharaoh said, I really did sin, committed sin. And that your God is a true uh, righteous God. And uh, he kind of confessed. But after that, he again uh, persecuted them. So I want you to discuss what is repentance? What is true repentance? I think all these questions uh, apply to your life very much. So I want you to discuss together and share your life with each other. Don't just talk about theories. We are not interested in theoretical answers to these questions. These questions are there not to answer them. These questions are there to uh, share your life with each other. In your own life, how did disaster play itself? In your own life, how did repentance work out? And what was hardened heart uh, like? And what changed in Moses? So Simon, can you just uh, go over questions one, once more? Yep. Um, so last week, uh, Moses' reluctance versus this week, Pharaoh's reluctance. What's the difference? Uh, and second, Moses was a different man from last week. Uh, what really changed him? And uh, uh, so Pharaoh was uh, more hardened. So uh, what is uh, being solid and firm and what is being hardened? What's the difference? 
um, in similar question, uh, how does hard heartedness manifest itself and how do we overcome that hard heartedness? And finally, what is true repentance? Good. I think there are enough questions for you to tackle. I'll see you at 8.30. I was just talking to the other group that every Bible study, every discuss, discussion has to be real. It, it cannot be theoretical. It, it has to come from your life. Doesn't matter what answer you have. What what we don't what we don't want is is not what we want is not fancy answers. What we want is our life. How that can be the answer to my life, and that is something that we need to continuously reflect on, because our religious discussion has been so much theoretical, a lot of just answers. But we don't know even what the answer we are giving. So we need to explore that. So let us look at Pharaoh's reluctance and Moses' reluctance. What did you discuss? You don't have to have whole answer, just what you found interesting in your discussion, what rang true when you heard it. Either you said it uh, or somebody else said it. Because in a group discussion uh, process, the Holy Spirit is working. So sometimes it gives insight, illumination, and also to yourself and also to others too. And then it comes as a kind of aha, truth moment. Uh, And then it becomes uh, real in your life. So Pharaoh's reluctance and Moses' reluctance, just anything. It doesn't have to be insight. It's just the factual information too. Well, First thing I um, I think we, we notice is I can't remember if we noticed or if we discussed it, but anyway, is they're both driven by fear. Um, Moses' reluctance is his fear of inadequacy, his um, inability to uh, see how he could do what God is asking him to do. Like he doesn't want to do it because he's scared. And Pharaoh doesn't want to let the people go because it's free labor and he doesn't know what he's going to do without the free labor. And he thinks, I think his fear was that he, these, there's so many of them that they might, uh, like in a war situation, come against him or something like that. So yes. mm-hmm. that's so, what he, refusing to get them out of their current um, a hold that he has on them. Hmm. Something like that. So, I mean, that's good. That's good. That uh, both are driven by fear 
And then for uh, Moses, in Moses' case, it is a fear of the unknown future. Mm -hmm. uh, for now, uh, it's not the best, but uh, he settled down. Uh, he's comfortable. He was comfortable. But taking on uh, God's calling was uh, unpredictable. I mean, inadequacy. And then as an old man with a staff, you go, you want me to go in and then fight against that professionally trained soldiers? Is it ridiculous? It doesn't make sense. So fear of the unknown, fear of inadequacy. But in Pharaoh's case, fear of losing what you have, what you have established, the kingdom that you built. Because uh, the Pharaoh had a lot to lose, a lot more to lose than uh, Moses. Because he, he might lose his kingdom. So I think both uh, fear are working in our lives too. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a fear of the inadequacy, fear of the unknown. But another uh, time, it is a fear of uh, what we have established. Right? So that's good, yeah. Anything else? Mm. Well, it's sort of related, but it's um, also, it just kind of occurred to me, wow, in our group, we we're talking about, last thing we talked about was change, but they're both afraid of change, right? Mm -hmm. Like Moses, his way of life, mm -hmm. um, for both of them, actually, Pharaoh too. So it's kind mm -hmm. of related to fear, and it's mm -hmm. fear, you know, of change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Uh, that uh, uh, definitely there is a fear of change. And then as we get older, it's, uh, that fear becomes more real. Fear of change. We don't want to change. Uh, and plagues that forced us to change, right? Uh, force uh, Pharaoh to change uh, in a way. So how how did Moses change that? What made uh, Moses change? It was God's persistence, wasn't it? God's persistence, yeah. God didn't let him go. Sometimes, doesn't God do that to you? When you give up, God doesn't give up. He persistently comes to you. And until you change. Yeah. I mean, we are thankful for that. Because a lot of times we have given up. And yet God didn't give up on us. So that's, uh, yeah, very good. What else? I think, um, I think it was Misa that pointed out that um, as God's, I guess, promises, like he, he kind of gave Moses more confidence as we, as it kept going, you could kind of see that in this change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Moses, to Moses, God became real. 
Till then, God was never real in that way. He never experienced the real power of God working in his life. And then he started experiencing God's real power. Oh, I think that's a key and essence of being a Christian. If God is not real, how can he be a Christian? When God's power is not real, how can we go on with uh, our, and you, you can be just religious, religious is you have the initiative. But when you experience uh, God's, uh, uh, God being real and real power of God, and you don't take the initiative, God takes the initiative. You realize, wow, you become just passive recipient in a way. But so many people are just, they take the initiative of their religious pursuit. Mm. They, don't, they never need to experience God's power, real power. Mm. That relates to, uh, I forget if it was Hejong or someone in our group said, uh, uh, I mean, the purpose of the plagues, uh, Apparently, you know, God knew that Pharaoh's heart would be hardened. So it wasn't for Pharaoh's sake that God uh, brought on the plagues, but uh, maybe it was for Moses' sake to show him God's true power and to bolster that faith so that he would really have the strength to lead his people. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. I mean, right from the beginning, God knew Pharaoh will not let you go. Pharaoh will be hardened. So it wasn't really for uh, Pharaoh that God uh, brought all these uh, plagues. And we know any miracle will not change us. Woody Allen said, show me sign, I'll believe. And even if he sees a sign, he will not believe. That's not how belief, uh, faith uh, comes about. No miracle can change us, no miracle can give us faith. You will always come up with the explanation. Oh, maybe there's uh, something that I didn't know. Always we come up with excuses. That reminds me of our study, Mark. Mm -hmm. Jesus fed the 4,000, 5,000. Soon after the disciple, when he said, at what Jesus said. They were saying, oh, it's because we have no bread. Yeah. Jesus says, you know, I performed the miracle of 4,000, eating 4,000, 5,000. And then he mentions that, is your heart hardened? So can't you see, right? So like what you said, the miracle didn't really change. That's right. The heart was still, they didn't proceed. It was hard. Yeah. They're blind. Yeah. Spiritually blind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have to Those find. Signs are for people who believe that strengthens their faith. That's right. So yeah. It's not for the people who don't believe and you think they'll change. That's right. Likely will not change. It's those who have the faith, it will strengthen their faith from that yeah. miracle or what God does. Does that make sense? That's a really good point. That's really. For those who already believe, that miracles will strengthen you. But for those who don't believe, miracles will not do any, any good. 
So, I mean, it's the same plague, but it changed Moses, become a different person, but it hardened more the Pharaoh. Very interesting. Same thing, same event, same uh, incident, but one person is hardened, the other person changed. So I think for me, only God can change. You said, how do you overcome? I think only God can change. <laughs> yes, only God can change, but also we have our part too. Because God cannot change your mind. If you don't want to change, God cannot do anything about it. For example, on a rainy day, you put the cup outside and then, uh, then it will fill up the rain. But if you put the cup upside down, not a single drop will be able to enter into the, the cup. It's the same rain. So open heart. If there is no open heart, we can never experience God's grace. Even though God's grace is all around us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. The people still didn't believe. But there are people, like a, a centurion, seeing that he changed. He said he was indeed son of God. So when you want to have faith, don't go for miracles. Find another way. That's not how we can believe. Okay, hard and hard. What's the difference between hard and hard and solid, firm, hard? What does hard and hard look like? I mean, it manifests in many, many different ways, not just in the way of like a pharaoh, but in many different ways. What are, what are different ways uh, heart and heart manifests itself. Just plain stubbornness, I guess. Yeah, or, stubbornness uh, is definitely a sign of a heart and heart. Is that some? Is that the same thing? But in Korean, it's like kojip. Kojip. Don't kojip. Like, I just don't want to let go. I, I, I don't want to be proved wrong, even though you know you're wrong, kind of thing. Yeah. That's kind of a hardened heart. Yeah, definitely. You are insecure and you are not willing to listen. Very good point. Strangely, hardened heart looks like you're a strong person. But deep inside, there's tremendous insecurity, self-defense mechanism. 
you want to pretend that you're strong. You, 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 you want to pretend that you know it all. But deep inside, you're very insecure about. So on the surface, very hard and strong. But inside, there's not much. Empty. Yeah, in a similar way, uh, Daniel was saying uh, solid, firm, like there's substance inside and whereas hardenedness uh, may look like it, but inside it's empty. Yeah. yeah. And Jesus called it whitewashed tomb. On the outside, it looks very nice and uh, good, but inside it's a death, grave. That's the harder heart. So it's not just being stubborn. But on the outside, you look, you present yourself so perfectly. Oh, I have this and I have that. And look at that. And look at my life. So you should envy my life, right? Because I have all these things. But deep inside, you have a lot of emptiness. You just show off to other people how well you live. But inside... Do you really live well? Very different inside and outside. On the surface, you just present that you're so happy and joyful. Deep inside, you have a lot of dissatisfaction. I mean, that's what happens with uh, social media. You just put up all these uh, beautiful pictures and then uh, happy pictures. Of, I went this uh, vacation and that vacation and all this stuff. But deep inside, there's not much. And then to your question of uh, how does it manifest itself? Like in many ways, uh, so I was reflecting with our group, uh, it doesn't only manifest itself in kind of like an outward uh, hardened or stubbornness, but uh, you can be very weak, um, uh, but still be trapped in your own kind of like victimization. Uh, so stuck in your way of thinking. I think that's another form of hard heartedness. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's a very good point. Uh, victimization. You just live as a victim. Uh, you don't. So in heart and heart, there is no change. In heart and heart, there is no change. You're stuck. I mean, you, you said the right word, stuck. You're stuck in your own way. And there's no change. No growth. So the fear of change strongly gripped you. I mean, life has to progress continuously. But you're so stuck that there is no progress. Some people say, you know, I came to this uh, country with no money. I worked hard. How those guys don't work? And then they think that they, you know, that kind of attitude. Oh, I succeeded all by myself with my own effort. If you cannot do it, it's just a whole bunch of excuses. That kind of judgmental attitude.
and also other manifestations is I believe only what, what I can see. They can never uh, believe. I know it all. What doesn't make sense to them, they don't accept. They're not willing to explore different aspects of life. So that's, uh, you know, non-faithful uh, people or non-Christians will do that. Or sometimes uh, it manifests itself as uh, being indifferent. I don't care. This is good enough for me. I don't care beyond that. That attitude is also hard and hard. Then what is saw being solid and firm? What is that like? We discussed a little bit that having confidence and willing to listen and also willing to defend your ideas, whatever, uh, and willing to be criticized as well. That's a very good point. So in other words, you're willing to be shaped. You're willing to be molded. You're not scared of change. So it's like water. Water, the, 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 when uh, the water uh, goes to the river, it, 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 uh, it follows the, uh, by the shape of the river. But over the years, it also changed the shape of the river. So uh, you think that you're just following the shape of the river, but deep inside, it also has a power to shape the river. So you have your own life, uh, you have your own belief and truth. And then, so you are willing to be shaped, but all ultimately you shape your environment. You change your environment. That's being solid. So in, in English word, there is a, for the strength, uh, strong, uh, there's hard, and there's resilient. Resilient is more like a solid. Hard, you break. Resilient, you never break. You, when the weight goes down, it goes down a little bit, but it springs back up. You think that you follow the world but in the end, you shape the world. Being solid, the key is being rooted. Being rooted. When the weather gets drier, 
the trees put down root deeper because they need water. It goes down further down and it gets strength and it spread and gets strengthened. So the dry weather does not kill the tree. It creates more roots, deeper roots. So tragedies, hardships, and difficulties come, we don't become weaker. Solid people be, don't become weaker. Their roots become stronger and deeper. Dalai Lama said, when the storm comes, the tree with strong root will survive, will stand. But when the storm comes, uh, arises from the horizon, you cannot build a root. So we have to build a root now. So being solid means being rooted. You're rooted in the truth, in love, in God. Lastly, repentance. What is not repentance? A lot of times uh, people misunderstand repentance is feeling bad. Repentance is about uh, regretting what you did. But that's not true repentance. When you feel bad, when you regret, soon you forget. That's just emotion and feeling. And also often that leads to guilt. When you focus on your faults and mistakes, it goes to guilt. That's why St. Paul said, there are two sorrows, worldly sorrow, and godly sorrow. Worldly sor sorrow leads you to uh, guilt, and then guilt leads you to death. Godly sorrow leads you to repentance, and that leads to salvation. Two different sorrows. Repentance is not focused on your shortcomings. Repentance is possible only when you find something bigger in life. And when you find something bigger, you realize how small your world was, how little you were when you found, find something bigger. Few weeks ago, we reflected on that on Sunday. Peter, when he met Jesus, because of Jesus, I mean, his whole life was fishing. What gave him though it was fish. But on that day, when he caught so many fish, he realized something bigger than fish. He's 
found the world bigger than fishing. That's why after catching so many fish, he came to Jesus and said, depart from me for I am a sinner. Not because of his specific sin that he committed on that day or the day before. Generally, he realized how small he was. That's what he, that was what he was saying. I found a bigger world. And then he left all the fish and then followed Jesus. That's repentance. Finding something bigger in life. And see how small you were. And Pharaoh could never do that. He didn't let go. He didn't find some, I mean, God showed all the great things, but he didn't find something bigger in his life. He still held on to his kingdom. He wanted to have that. So he could not really repent. Good. Next week, la, uh, 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 the second last, right? Is it last week? Last week. It's the second last, right? Next week's last week. Oh, la next week is last week? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So we are going to see harder-heartedness of the Israelites, not Pharaoh. What happened in the wilderness? That's what we are going to see uh, next week. And we'll discuss uh, more about uh, uh, Israelites. So are there chapters we should read? 20, uh, chapter 15, 22 to chapter 18. Chapter 15, 22 to chapter 18. Okay. So we are skipping killing all these uh, firstborn uh, uh, sons. <laughs> Too difficult to deal with. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just mentioned with the group, but I feel so bad if you have such a bad leader, people suffer. It's like, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. Because of Pharaoh, so many people suffer that. Under Hitler, so many people suffer. Under Mussolini, Stalin, Kim Jong-il, Kim Jong-un, Kim Il-sung. So many people suffered and died. And Mao Zedong. And they're all men. They're all men. <laughs> yes. That's wow. the problem. And need to repent. That's it. Just they're all men, yeah. 
<laughs> repent. Yeah. I mean, even within, I mean, just even within your company, like it doesn't have to be that dramatic, right? Like it's just such a big, like your boss, like oh yeah, it's such a big uh, impact on your life, right? Just uh, yeah, make your life miserable, you know? Yeah, you know, bad boss you have, your life is miserable. What if you are the bad boss? <laughs> then you have to repent. Repent. <laughs> yeah, you got to be aware and willing to, to, to change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people can make you feel so miserable. And vice versa, we we too can make those around us feel so miserable. Yeah. But also at the same time, people make you feel so happy too. So people have both double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, did you want to say something more? We need more good leaders. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. suffering in the world. <laughs> I know. A leader, leadership is so hard to come, come, come by. Yeah. Okay. Are you frozen, Simon? No. Oh, you want me to? Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never know at the end. Okay. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Maybe we'll have, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, Misan, would you like to close us off in prayer tonight? Well, I will try. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you for this opportunity to study um, your word. Um, we are, we are like Moses and we are like Pharaoh. Um, at times we are afraid of um, obeying your word, even though we know you because of change. And uh, we are sometimes hardened, um, inflexible and not opened. Uh, because we we don't like to um, go to new territories. Uh, please help us, Lord, to uh, um, repent, change our ways, and be more open. Um, yeah, I pray all these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Amen.